0: podcast i'm your host kirk kinsey i'm by myself tonight to recap the two nothing loss to the san jose quakes um it's kind of getting old huh uh (laughs) uh, we talk about the same things over and over and over on this show um with or without josh (laughs) to be honest uh lafc give up goals early in both halves here um without really ever looking comfortable um, throughout the entire match. And they drop points yet again. They currently sit in eighth place on 33 points. Do I have that right? 33 points. So they are three behind RSL, three be, uh, four behind Minnesota, five behind Galaxy. And uh, they're equal with Vancouver and San Jose, but Vancouver has a game in hand. So as we come to the end of the season, we're getting closer and closer to that, um, to that point in time where we actually have to panic on on what is going to happen for LAFC this season. For the longest time this season, we've, we've been told to be patient and to just wait that the expected goals will start turning into real goals, that the defense will hold, it'll carry us, and here we are still getting these types of results. Uh, just by way of clarity, LAFC have nine wins, six draws, and 11 losses. With a let's see here 38 goals for 38 goals against, so even on the goal differential, there. Um, it's not the LAFC that we remember from 2019, it's not the LAFC we remember looking good for significant stretches last year. It's this, it's the LAFC that we've seen all year, and I think that's again why. Uh, Josh and I have been calling so long to just start drawing conclusions about this team because what we've seen all year is what we see again and again and again week in and week out. Even when they're winning, um, it's not like they are completely dominant. We've had a couple games like that. Going back to the SKC game from a few weeks back, that was a, a great performance all around, but it's not quite the same as what we are used to uh where you see that kind of performance week in and week out. So um a few tactical things that were really bothering me with this match. First of all, I don't like the 343 when we play it and I'm calling it a 343 despite what many of the uh many of the websites had it listed as a 342 a 3412 excuse me. Cifuentes is playing more of a false nine in this formation where he is often the first line of pressure, not just in the front line, but the first line of pressure. He uh, frequently involved in the attack, not as involved in the midfield. So it's more of a 3-4-3, very flat midfield with uh, Chris Ostomo and, and Janella, And it showed. It showed big time. Uh, Chofis had... All the space in the world in between the two lines, between the defense and the you know the three man back line and the and the midfielders, he would just park right there. Nobody would man mark him throughout the ninety minutes, even when he was in the box for his goal. Uh, Janela was in the area. Chrysostomo was out. I think Moon was at was in the back. And Murray had gone over to that side. I think that's the poor clearance, if I if I remember correctly. But um, you have you know a, another wing back that can come over and, and help. You have Janella who realizes extremely late that he's wide open uh, and doesn't get over there in time. So it's not just when San Jose were building through the midfield that he would find that space in front of the back line. It was also in the actual penalty area, ready to score goals, and he would be wide open there. And you saw a similar thing with guys like Jackson Ewell on the other side of the midfield, in between the, our forwards and our and our midfielders, where because those lines are so flat, and we only are really playing with three lines, hence three four three, right? Um, they have all the time in the world between those lines to not only receive a ball, but turn and pick up their head and either drive forward or, or find a forward pass. So LAFC just d- do not ever look good in this 3-4-3. They've they in recent in recent weeks, just as recent as a few games ago, playing a 3-5-2 by just putting Bryce Duke on the field and having him play as a 10 have looked so much better. And I think even if you were to put Cifuentes in that role and task him with playing as a 10 and hanging back in the midfield to just a little bit more, I think you're going to see more success just by having some more depth to your formation. Um, but for whatever reason, with a twist out, Bob wants to go with Cifuentes at this false nine and Chris Astomo coming in alongside Janella, And... While none of them look individually poor, I do not think that the setup and the way that we play that fourth that three four three works, um, and I think the results speak for themselves there. So, again, if it were me, uh, would have gone with a three five two uh, in that in that setup. And again, you could have played Sifuentes there. You could have you could have put on Duke. I don't think you're going to lose much by having Chris come off and Duke come on as a 10 so that you have Sifu and Janela as the double pivot. I think you would be just fine. I do find it odd that we continue to play uh, Moon over over Blessing at right wing back. It seems like a good way to get another one of your best players onto the field, especially when you're down so many of your regular starters. Um, Again, both of your DPs are out. Uh still missing Segura, missing Atuesta. Seems like a good time to get blessing onto the field to add some continuity. And uh I just that's that's not the case. So um we've talked about the roster being poor. We've talked about Bob making weird subs. We've talked about him changing formation, we've talked about guys not finishing, we've talked about players just not being good enough about dropping points late um, we've talked about all kinds of different things this this season and again the only thing you can do at this point is draw conclusions um, there's there's really nothing else to say about this match they were outclassed they were outplayed and outcoached as well and this makes I believe four in a row that the Quakes have won now um and the Quakes are not good. The Quakes are not a good team. I saw some chatter before before the game asking if, uh, if, we, if LAFC fans would prefer Matias Almeida at LAFC. And I do have some thoughts on that. Mostly that it's a terrible idea. Almeida runs uh, while he's not running the, the strict man marking that he has in the past. He still runs kind of a gimmicky system. And I don't think gimmicks work very well in MLS because of the way that teams are structured from a roster build building standpoint. I don't think if you were to bring in Matias Almeida, that you would be able to utilize the, this group of, of players to play his style, to play that constant pressure. Um, you might have ones and twos that are, that would be really good uh, off the top of my head. Uh, it's Sifu and it's blessing that come to mind, but you're, you're going to have to turn over a ton of your roster, which again, some people may be arguing for already, which is fine, but he, in order to make that system works, needs very specific things out of players at at every position. So, you're going to have to turn over the majority of your roster and build it solely to play his system. And if it doesn't work, then after Almeida's gone, it's going to take you a few years to backfill that roster then so you can start a new project. Um, And I don't think Almeida has earned anything in MLS. He has underperformed severely. For his entire time in this league. So I don't know why it would be any different at LAFC. If he can't do it at San Jose. Granted they don't spend the kind of money that LAFC will. But. I have no reason to believe that the results would be any different at LAFC. So I am out. On Matias Almeida. um, At LAFC. Uh, We're going to get straight into these questions and comments. Because. It is super late here. And. There's nothing else to say. We've already said it. Um, The one thing I will say is I still do not care about expected goals in this team. If you come to me saying that their expected goals were good in in a match, I will point to the season of poor results. Again, the time for expected goal differential and that kind of analysis to evaluate how good this team is is long gone. That's okay at the beginning. It's still useful here and there uh, if you're not really sure how our performance went. But in terms of evaluating how good this team is relative to others, it is insignificant. The results speak for themselves week in and week out. Uh, they're not good enough. So into the questions. First one is from Pat. Pat. At Tree 66 Bob should just part ways or John Thorrington should resign on Monday. Just maybe this will push the players to play better. Um, I'm kind of wondering if there's going to be a big loss that does prompt a resignation. My guess is no. But here's the second one from Pat. Uh, If Bob stays, he should be fired at the end of the season. The ownership should step up and bring in someone who will hold players accountable when they play I'm going to edit this terribly. Um, I do agree. At some point, the front office or the ownership is going to be looking for somebody to blame for this poor season. Um, I I wish I knew when that point was. I wish I knew what the criterion were. uh, But I don't. What I can say is... Once again, this season has been poor. It's more than just bad luck. It's more than just, oh, we didn't finish our chances. Uh, we underperformed XG. There are significant problems. If you need to see any, any evidence at all, you can go on Twitter and you can look at what happened to Raheem Edwards as he's walking off the field and he gets a yellow card. He gets a yellow card for whatever. I don't know what it is. And he goes up to Murillo. Murillo's trying to talk to him actually over, kind of over from behind him. And again, Murillo's got the armband on tonight and Edwards looks over his shoulder and tells him to F off. So Edwards, who is quite possibly the picture book definition of a Jag, just a guy on the team. Um, who came in as part of Bob's desperation line change, hockey line change, to try and change the state of the game uh, and did precisely nothing, had a chance to go off the crossbar, I guess is about, okay, great, you did it. Um, But telling the captain after the game to F off after you earned a yellow card for jawing after the game. Um, Some might say it's like a fiery attitude thing. It's showing that he's not quitting, that he actually cares. I think if you ask me, there's probably deeper problems in the locker room at this point based on that alone. And then when you take into consideration uh, all the players that we know have not been happy this year, some who have already left, and the results that they're getting on the field. It seems like there's trouble in paradise. Next one from Justin33w. Too many USL level players getting too many minutes. Can't expect any better. So this is a fair point. This is a fair point. Uh, again, tonight you start Musovski. You've got uh, Chrysostomo starting. You've got Ibeaga, who is just a, you know another, another jag, I guess you could say. Um, but certainly Musovski and Chrisostomo are clearly USL guys. And then when you make subs, you bring in Edwards and Duke. And again, I I am a believer in Bryce Duke, and I think that he's going that he's going to provide something important to this team in the next few years. But you know, he's he's a guy that's played a lot of USL minutes this year too, so. You're not exactly bringing on these, you know, super experienced veterans who know the league really well, know how to get results. It's just whoever is around. Sombra Amarath at Sombra Amarath. Hashtag Bob out. Uh, Getting harder and harder to argue. Christopher Colonna at LAFC 2021. The real LAFC is what we saw before the three wins and what we're seeing now. This team isn't good enough to make the playoffs and doesn't deserve to make the playoffs. The only way things change is if Bob and Thornton both go and this entire roster is overhauled from top to bottom. Isn't it hard to believe that LAFC were viewed as a title contender at the start of the season? Looking back on it, given how horrible the season has been, it seems surreal. You know, it is interesting when you consider the fact that um, this roster has been so poorly constructed that you have large stretches of time where you are playing with zero DPs on the field. Now, again, they've moved Diego Rossi, which is good. They had Brian Rodriguez out on loan, which was not good. And Carlos Vela has been in and out of the lineup uh, but mostly out of the lineup all season with different injuries um i uh, I'm gonna stop short of saying that he's malingering, but I don't think he's in a big hurry to get back and get out there for the for this team that's that's being fielded right now um the idea that they were title contenders is kind of crazy. I agree. I remember, I at the beginning of the season, I said, "Hey, we're returning most everybody from Conca, uh, from CCL, so there's there's reasons to be uh, excited." But man, I was wrong on that one. This team is a disaster. Hashtag make USC great again. At sorry, I got to get into this. Uh, at LAFC, dad, four straight losses to that bum franchise. LOL, we suck. Yeah. Um, San Jose used to be an absolute doormat for LAFC, where we would go and hang four or five goals on them, and it would be no, no challenge at all. And that is not the case anymore. Um, man, just how far have LAFC fallen? Uh, next one, unpopular foot, uh, football over at Foot Fanatica. This is the least spirited team. Uh, this is the least spirited the team has played recently. Not great when trying to push for playoffs. Isn't it, this is an important point. You're coming up on the playoffs, you got eight games left. And the more points you drop, the harder and harder it becomes to actually make the playoffs. And again, this is uh, the Mendoza line of evaluating coaches, right? This is the lowest possible bar that you can set for an MLS coach. And more teams make the playoffs than don't. If you don't make the playoffs in in, in MLS, you suck. Period. Point blank. That's it. And it's the kind of thing... That should make you rethink the way your team is built and who is running it. Again, if you want to withhold judgment till then, I'm fine with that. But, um, start sharpening those knives, everybody. Uh, Raider Ruto at El Rey Pobre. Uh, sorry. I said that like a total white guy there. Uh, Maybe, just maybe, LOL, it's time for a change at the driver's seat. Hashtag Bob out. Yep. I don't, I again, I don't see it happening during the season. I think they're just going to let this contract ride out and it'll, they'll agree to just part ways. They won't be retained into the next uh, season. LAFC, K, uh, Kansas Midwestern supporters. No heart out there. No confidence at all. Chicho can't be the only one trying to carry the team. Yeah, I mean, you still see Chicho out there laying off great balls for people, taking guys on one-on-one. Um, it'll be interesting to see the pieces that are put around him next year. That's about where I'm at with the whole thing. Eric at Grim is 420. Is Bob a lame duck? Again, I, I, I think he is. I think this is just a uh, wait-out-the-clock situation. Stanley Hudson, right? Just wait until 5 p.m. Then once once the... Once we hit five, it's over. Everybody just leaves, and we don't have to talk about what happened. Uh, I, think that's the, I think that's probably the strategy from LAFC is just to not have to make big waves by firing Bob Bradley. Tom Camilleri at BroncoFan07. The issue, fan-wise, is the LAFC we keep expecting is the 2018-2019 version. The reality is, this LAFC is uh, starting Chrysostomo and Musavsky and giving major minutes to Edwards. And the league's highest paid player has missed a bunch of games and was mediocre in the ones he played. Even the uniforms have changed since 2019. LAFC is now Omar at the end of the wire, hobbling on a crutch and trying to threaten Stanfield's gang. And the rest of MLS is uh, Kennard saying, That's Omar? Dang. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You can see, by the way, that uh, by how long it took um, like the MLS state media, if you will, like uh, extra time and all those characters, it took them a long time to come around on this, on the idea that LAFC is not who they used to be. Um, They have a lot of the same players. They have the same staff in place, so many similarities, but... There have been major, major uh, steps back in performance. And it took a while for everybody to realize. Everybody just thought it was a slump. Um, But as you all know, as Counterpress listeners, that's not the case. Uh, These things have been showing up for a while, and they continue to be exploited over and over and over again uh, until we're here. But that's okay. We still support. We'll still be out here after every game and the 3252 will still be in the seats during every game, making sure that w- at least we don't give up on the team, right? Because I think once we start giving up on the team, that's when that's when everything finally falls apart. So the one thing that I will say is uh, let's try and stick together through all this. <laughs> let's ride it out. And uh, when they get back to their winning ways, the, The victories will be that much sweeter, but right now it sucks. And I hope you all understand that we don't pull any punches here that we will. We're, we're fine saying just that no, no need to try and claim moral victories uh, here on this show. If you have any questions or comments, please tweet at us at counterpress underscore. You can find me at Kirk Kinsey and Josh at LAFC, Josh. And we will talk to you all after the next match against Portland. Good night.